When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What is going on, No Bad Dog Army? This is a wonderful podcast with a Malinois owner. She thought she was getting a German Shepherd and ended up being a puppy Malinois. And she has two other dogs with two kids. And obviously, it's very difficult. It's not only a Malinois puppy, but it's also, you know, kind of a backyard type thing. So it's it's got a lot of nerve issues, a lot of, um, it's just a good, good podcast to listen on how to develop a dog with nerve issues as well as far as environmentals as far as confidence goes with genetics and you know what if you do going out trying to get a dog and then you get a malinois what can you do like if you're a pet home and you have a working dog what are you going to do how are you going to be successful uh it's a a wonderful podcast i know you guys are going to enjoy it and if you guys want me to answer your questions if you guys are listening to this you're like man i have a question or if you guys are enjoying this head over to the itunes review chart and leave your review And if you want me to answer your question, you can ask that question in that review. Um, I appreciate you guys listening so much. If you're on Spotify, same thing. Leave us a review. Help us grow. Help us reach more people. Tell your friends. And we appreciate you guys so much for listening. And I've already caught up on all my questions so far. So I don't have anything at all. So if you guys have questions, head over to the iTunes review chart and I'll answer it next episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy the podcast. Bye. We have this Malinois puppy. And it was kind of like a you know, like surprise opportunity, basically. Um, but we had wanted a third dog for a while. Um, we have two adult huskies mm-hmm. that one of them is nine and one of them is five. And uh, they're like stable. They're pretty easygoing, you know. So we got her and she came when she was like seven weeks old. Um, so she was tiny, you know, just like a baby. And uh she was good. Like, um, you know, I did, I mean, I'm the one who's really caring for her, like pretty much most of the time. And how old is uh, she? She now she's like 20 weeks. Um, and when she came, she was like seven weeks approximately. Um, but they had like, you know, weaned her from her mom because there were 10 of them. And the mom was basically like, like done with them. So, I mean, I thought she was kind of young, but um, I don't know. I guess it can be kind of common with these dogs because just because of the way they are. So um, she came to us and she was like pretty good at first. I mean, she was like a normal puppy. Mm-hmm. Although I noticed when I tried to like, you know, take her out for socializing, um, she was like scared already. Like I took her to the park. And had her sit on a blanket, you know, because she hadn't had all of her shots. 
and she was like peeing all over herself and then she was like doing the same thing in the car like i just felt that she was already scared before we even started you know yep. so i yep. tried some different things like i got a wagon um and i got a, like a dog stroller and she just really wasn't having any of that so then i would like take her places and carry her watch my kids at the park let her look around and I would walk around with her outside and we had like people over, um, you know, that she would see regularly. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted her to get used to those people, like my parents, my sister, uh, my sister's kids, stuff like that. And so, I mean, I did that and I felt like that was like, you know, I don't know. I, I put in like a lot of effort with that compared to what I did with my other dogs. And it somehow seemed like that made it worse. And uh, she's very just like nervous and, you know, we can't really figure out why. This episode of the No Bad Dogs podcast is brought to you by my friends at AG1. You guys may or may not know this by now, but I travel quite a bit for work. I'm in airplanes, airports. I have a 10 month old that's crawling and getting into everything and also isn't sleeping all the way through the night. So my body is pretty fatigued and I'm constantly on the road. I've been taking AG1 for a little over a year now because it's the daily foundational nutrition supplement that literally takes care of everything in my body and I drink it every single morning before I do anything. I have a routine in the morning, I wake up, I do my AG1, slurp that down in a cold glass of water and then I get into my smoothie and my coffee. And to be honest with you guys, I used to have that big pill thing with the Monday through Sunday type jammer with all the different pills in there and AG1 pretty much takes care of all of that and it's really nice because when I'm on the road I can just have the travel packs pop them into my suitcase and I could take AG1 with me on the road and it feels so good to be able to be on the road and continue to start my day with a very healthy start if you guys are looking for a simpler effective investment for your health Try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. You guys can click the link below or drinkag1.com slash MBD. That's drinkag1.com slash MBD. Then uh, I waited until she had like, so my vet said she needed four sets of shots. And after she got the third one, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to at least like, try taking her on a walk because I don't want her to get like more and more scared, you know? So I started walking her like short little walks, um, which our neighborhood is like fairly quiet. I wanted to make sure that she didn't get like rushed by a dog or something like that because that happened to my other dogs and caused them to be reactive for some time. So like I knew about that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was just walking her a little bit. Um, I was still taking her in the car, took her to the park. But um, it just didn't, like, really seem to help. And uh, then there were a couple times that we had my family here and, like, someone would go to pet her, someone that she knows, and she would, like, growl at them. And uh, the trainer that we had was like, well, you're going to have to put a muzzle on her and don't let anyone pet her and this and that. And I'm like, okay, but sometimes there's kids here and, like, kids are not always, you know, predictable. So I just felt like, We had this trainer and she like tried to help, but I think she misunderstood some of the things that I was trying to tell her, you know, and indirectly. I mean, I don't know if that's possible, but um, she was supposed to like specialize in these dogs, you know, so I trusted her. And uh, 
the other thing is that like the puppy is just she's really like triggered by my son i don't know why i mean he's a little boy so you know he's loud and stuff but he's never had any issue with the other dogs like he doesn't uh he's not allowed to like pull on them or you know torment them in any way right and when she was a baby she seemed to like him and i would like supervise them he would just pet her she would sit in his lap then she started this getting into this thing where she would get these like little outbursts and she would just run up to him and like start growling and like biting him and you know we would stop her and tell her to leave it and the trainer gave us like a couple different things to do but it went on for several weeks like every time she could get loose like she did the same thing and she also had like similar outbursts like that towards the other dogs but then like a few minutes later she'll go back and she's just like wagging her tail and she looks fine and same thing with my son mm -hmm. so that's like the main issue that we're having to where i'm like okay maybe she's not happy here and like she might want to go somewhere else like while she's still young but then i don't really want to do that you know so i'm just wondering if this is like really common for these dogs or if the environment is like not good for her i just i don't really know yeah. well i would say um that it sounds to me you kind of already mentioned it uh that you said like she's been sketchy since day one i mean i feel like it yeah yeah and that's yeah. yeah so that's genetics that's mm -hmm. that's breeding that's the product of mom and dad and the environment that the dog was in mm -hmm. not but that's not like a hundred percent everything that is a big contributing factor right it's like if let's say you know for humans it's like mom is seven two and dad is seven five the kid's gonna be tall right yeah. so that's the way you should think about genetics is oftentimes um you know people will breed dogs without any mindfulness about that where they're like hey mom hates people yeah. dad hates people we should have puppies like you know yeah. so these things happen all the time it's a it's 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 very unfortunate for dog owners who don't look at these things or maybe you're you know somebody's dishonest with them about certain things um and again i'm not saying like hey all your problems are genetics however when you have a dog that you get at whatever seven weeks or eight weeks or 10 weeks whatever yeah and they're immediately like terrified of everything that that is genetics and and or and typically it's and uh, mm -hmm. exposure and development from the people who had the puppies. So um, typically with puppies, what you want to do is expose them as much of to life as much as you can. Yeah. You know, like I've, I've, I've seen some crazy puppy um, things, you know, in a good way. Like they'll put them on ice packs and they'll put them on heating pads and they'll put them in ball pits and they'll have kids over and they'll do this and they'll do that. And then some people just don't do any of that. So, so sometimes that's, that's part of it as well. And then you get like a high class working dog. Working mm -hmm. dogs are typically not good pets. So they don't, they're not good pets, period. They don't want to be 
a pet, meaning they don't want to be the lab or the golden or the husky that you've had before where they're going to be on the couch and they're going to go for walks and they're going to go to the park with the family and they're going to go to soccer practice. Just typically working dogs in general are specific. Like if you think about working dogs and the classification that they're in, they are working dogs. So they're not pets. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're not dogs that you would domesticate into a family dog. They're dogs who are specifically for certain things. So then if you get that working mentality of this kind of like very independent, very laser focused on a one thing in life, which is work, uh, and then you get poor genetics and then lack of environmentals in the foundational period, it, this mm-hmm. is what you see. And it's common with with working dogs. It's very common with Malinois it's, because it's easy to do. It's really, yeah. it's really easy to take a very intelligent, confused puppy and make them look really sketchy because, you know, they just have so much going on and they're, they're easier to mess up in my opinion, as far as like, when I say mess up, they're easier to push over the limits, over the boundaries. Yeah. So that's, you know, just off the bat, like, okay, let's say we get a puppy and you know, the first two weeks we go to a park and he pees himself. I mean, that is, that is just, that's nothing you did. That's nothing the dog did. That's just genetics. You know, that's something that you'd call your breeder or whatever and be like, Hey, I can't even walk my dog. Like this dog is petrified. But again, at that age, if that what was happening right from the get, it, it was something that was probably developed from, you know, it, I, you know, yeah. from genetics, right? It's like the old saying of it doesn't take much to soak a damp rag. It's already got like it came out with the genetics of being like nervous and having some anxiety and not really unsure and then maybe not good exposure and then boom. So there's that, uh, take that with a grain of salt, but that's something that again, we have to front load in the beginning of the conversation because that is not the reason, but it is a pretty big reason of what you're seeing. I mean that, so yeah, that's like, you know, when I tried to talk to this trainer we had, she kind of like always found a way to like blame everything on me and she's like well you know you kept the dog inside and I'm like okay but my vet told me to and then people say oh your vet knows like the risk level of where you live and I said I didn't keep her inside and then it's like oh we should have done this we should have done that and it's like my husband was just under like this horrible misconception that they were like German shepherds which Mm -hmm. belatedly of course is not true and also he thought well you know the dogs that that she was bred from like they're they're like house pets and i told him maybe the guy just got lucky and he's like well they have kids in their house and and the parents were like super chill and i'm like okay but mm-hmm. you're not gonna come out like your parents automatically right, right. no yeah so, no yeah, yeah exactly yeah a hundred percent um and it's just i i don't know i, I want to say too you know for you uh, first of all it's like it's not your fault um it, 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 it's unfortunate, right? I mean, it's like, okay, well, you know, we have kid in, you know, a kid that I know of. And it's like, uh, it's like, you know, we just, we just want a dog. Like, you know, it's like cool to have like a working dog that we can do stuff with. And it's like, but it, you know, nobody, you know, you didn't probably know you were signing up for this and this is common. Like this is, these people want money. And if you have money, they don't care. And I say this with a grain of salt because I have no idea. I'm just saying like experiences over time, it's like, 
you know, you know what you breed. You should know what you're breeding. Like you should know the product and you know that, okay, I have a dog that can't even be put on the ground without peeing themselves. Like that is, that's like torturous. I mean, it's terrible for a dog to think like they don't even have enough confidence to be born with to walk. That's not okay. Anyway, so it's not your fault. Um, You know, it it is what it is. The cool thing is, or I I should say, let's let's look at the glass half full. You at least have enough understanding of this is a problem and you need to seek help and you're, you're trying in every way. So props to you. You're doing a good job. You'll get things figured out, but I just want to let you know, there's a lot of like things that go into what makes this, you know, happen. Yeah. And the first part is genetics. So you're already started off with a disadvantage because the dog is already short sticked on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say, so the, would you say 20 weeks? So is the dog like uh, four months, four and a half, five, five months? Yeah. So yeah, we got her at like, I think maybe a day or two shy of seven weeks. And then this week is like her 20 weeks. Um, she was born on February 10th. Okay. So she's 20 weeks so, yeah. altogether. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's still pretty young. Okay. So, and okay, so where are you at right now with her? So obviously she's, you said you have one son, right? One boy, is that what you said? Yeah, he's eight. And then we have a girl who's older and she does not display any of that with her. Um, I don't know if it's like, because she's more quiet, you know, she's taller also. She's like the same height as me. Yeah. But my son is definitely on like the hyperactive side. Um, He does have some like learning differences. So sometimes he can be loud. His movements are erratic. Um, Even if he's not, you know, he's not touching the dog, right? But he's like near her. He's flapping around. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's very loud. And then when she started like biting him, he started like screaming about it. And then I think Mm -hmm. it was like at times a game, but it doesn't look like it. And then people are like, oh my God, this is like so scary. And I was just like, Mm -hmm. what am I going to, you know? Mm-hmm. I told her and she's like oh you know roll up a towel and if she starts doing that like toss the towel at her and I'm like no this is like serious mm-hmm. this is not a joke he's only like four feet tall yeah yeah so yeah totally so you have to um so um yeah I would agree like what you said about your son is is right like your son reacted a certain way and then puppy's like oh game on like this is and that's what they do I mean that's just like you know somebody should be telling you all this stuff I mean that's what happened like these dogs love that shit they're like they're very prey driven they 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 like to make things squeal and, and 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 they like to see reaction that's what they like they like digging into something and seeing a reaction so it makes sense that you know, your, 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 your dog chases around your son and your son reacts and your dog's like getting obsessed with it. I mean, that's just what, that's like what a prey drive is, you know? So, um, so what you need to do, let's just back up a little bit. What you need to do is you need to reset your boundaries and reset your, your boundaries. Let's say boundaries. That's, that's, that's the best way to put it. You need to reset your boundaries with your dog and, um, Right now, what I would be doing is getting back down to the basics because it sounds like you're, and you should be, but you're more focused on the behavior than you are the basic obedience from what I, what I am hearing. 
Um, so my suggestion is to get back down to the basic obedience and treat this dog like a working dog that he is. And are you crate training right now at all? Yeah. So that was the other thing is that like when she first came, she just, you know, she did this like screaming in there. So I kind of got away from that. Yeah. So the trainer did have me start like, you know, playing the crate games with her start from scratch. And now she does take like a few naps in there every day and she sleeps in there at night, which I did not think she would be able to do. So be good progress on that part. Good. Um, Do you you know what an X pen is? Yeah. Like the play pen. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So that's a good alternative when you're, so when you're, when your dog and when your dog is, is, is not in work mode or not napping or something like the the X pen is nice to keep your dog into. It allows your dog to be involved with the family, but without a, cause my biggest th- layer I want to peel off right now is the stress with you. Because if you're stressed, your husband's stressed, then you can't get anything done. It's hard to pour anything from an empty bucket. Right. And that's what you, you need yeah. to, you need to pour life into what's going on. So the first thing I want to do is 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 give you back some of your power, you know, of 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 running the show here. So that's that's the other thing I would recommend too. Is an X pen is great for all puppies, but it's really great for working dog puppies who tend to get themselves into trouble. So you're eliminating yeah. you're eliminating their reach by a dramatic increase. Um, by de- by decreasing their ability to to get a hold of anything, towels, um, sofas, kids, shoes. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. And you can make them super small. Even if you have a smaller home, you can make these things, you know, like a little two by two or three by three and four by four, and you can kind of keep making it bigger. But I typically just take it and put it against the wall. So you don't have to make it a circle. You don't have to put it in the middle of your living room. You can find a place in your kitchen or find a place in your mudroom or something where you can isolate this dog. And what you want to do is you want to set up a very, okay, I don't want to say very strict because that's not fair for a family because I know that you got a lot of shit going on. Let's say you, you have to start with structure. You have to start with some sort of routine. And I don't, I can give you an example of a routine, but I want you to decide what your routine is. But the the most important thing right now is your dog is getting mental and physical exercise. So yeah. on top of on top of the mental exercise, you should be developing your relationship as well. Um, and what that means is you're going to go out with your dog and you're going to do exercises. And these exercises are going to include thresholds and boundaries where you're going to do things like, what's your dog's name? Gaia. Gaia? Yeah. So you're going to do things like this. And so you're going to do things like this. You're going to go out. You're going to uh, take Gaia's food bowl. You're going to put a, pus- you're going to put a couple pieces of uh, kibble or treats into the food bowl. You're going to put Gaia into a sit, and you're going to hold that sit, and then you're going to break Gaia. This is something that you can immediately do to start developing thresholds and boundaries because right now, this dog is wound up like a top, both mentally and physically, and mm-hmm. it's insecure. So he, she doesn't know he, she, right? She, yeah, a girl. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't know what to do, right? She's just like she doesn't know what to do, right? So you may love her, and she may love you, and you know, it's you, you might have funny moments, but also very frustrating moments. 
what you guys have to do is restructure your relationship and make things very um, cut out, right? So it's not like I, I would be doing training mentally. So I'd be doing 10 to 15 minute mental stimulation training. So that would be basic obedience. Yeah. It would be, but, but again, include thresholds, include impulse control. Because if mm-hmm. you're, you know, you want to do your place, you want to do your stay, you want to do your sit, you want to do your heel, you want to do all that stuff, but you also want to test. Because a working intelligent dog like this, once they know what to do, it's hard to then challenge them after because they, you say heel, they go, yep, I want a cookie, I want a ball, I'll heal. You say place, yeah. I want a ball, I want a cookie, I'll place. But what you want to start doing is challenging them to make sure that you are in the driver's seat at all times with this dog. Mm-hmm. That is very important because right now when you say, Gaia, no, Gaia, leave it, Gaia, knock it off, it probably doesn't have much meaning to the dog. It's going in one ear and out the other. Now, the way to work on having meaning with your dog and having some sort of accomplishment mm-hmm. with your dog uh, to some degree of like, oh, you know, my 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 owner is talking to me. I, it needs to mean something that you have to practice it. So I, So again, like putting Gaia into a sit, opening the door, walking through the door, coming back and then breaking, putting mm-hmm. her, putting her into a sit th- and just keep leveling up your thresholds and your impulse control. Cause yeah. the, the more you can say, Hey, this is your favorite thing and boom, it's in front of you, but you can't have it until I release you. The more control you're going to have, because the only way that I think that it's going to, you guys are going to be able to make this work successfully mm-hmm. is if you have really good obedience and your dog knows for sure that you and your husband are running the show. Yeah. I feel that she has like a really pushy personality. Oh yeah. That's and that's it. She, yeah. I mean, you know, at first she was just like this little like sad baby. Right. And now I'm like, Oh my God. Like she also seems to be like trying to like move her place among the other dogs, which was like one of my other main concerns. Um, because they're old, you know, I mean, they're not going to relearn anything and they're not getting in trouble. So like, I don't don't really think it has anything to do with them, but she is like constantly mounting them, um, both of them. And they're both fixed. It's a male and a female. And she's like, you know, humping them like all the time. So we split them up, kind of rotate them really because they just want to sleep, you know, and they'll play with her like in Huskies, you know, they like to play rough. So they'll play with her and she'll get to do that. But then it seems like when they're done and she's not, she'll get into one of these like little outbursts where she's like growling and grabbing them and not letting them like pass by her and stuff. So I'm like, well, maybe she's like trying to dominate everyone, including my son. Like maybe she doesn't see as like, you know, because she's doing all these behaviors on like all three of them. Yep. And not, not so much on anybody else. Right. So, um, I mean, yeah, she doesn't like maybe not respect me as much just because I'm not like a, I mean, I'm not like a super like firm person, I guess, but she's not like mounting me or doing like any of that stuff, you know? Um, but at the same time, I do feel like she doesn't like take no for an answer sometimes either, even from the other dogs. Yep. And, and that's just, 
that's my other concern is like if she if it's like an actual like aggression from her towards them or if she's just I mean, because I don't know. No, she's she. It it, it could be. It, it it could end up that way. Absolutely. Right now, it's yeah. not. That's what I'm saying. Is like you need to tackle this yesterday. Like these mm-hmm. are the types of dogs that are like, hey, I don't know what to do. Do you? Oh shit! What's this? What's that? Hey, I'm gonna pick on you, and then it slowly starts to develop to maliciousness, where they're like, yeah. I'm gonna bite you. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna be an ass. Like it really starts to escalate really quick. So, <clears throat> what you should yeah. do is again like right now she's trying she, like she, you're starting to let you you don't want to let her get away with you know the things that she's doing this is this is like the biggest yeah. problem like she's starting to get away with little things and these little things are going to start to develop into big things and so whatever she's doing right now times tenfold when she fully matures right now she's you know young yeah. enough where you're just seeing puppy version of her so that's why right now, like you have to advocate for her, right? So when you talk about, it seems like she's, she's kind of picking on the other people or she's taking advantage of them because she is, she's, she's being, she's running around right now and she's trying to figure out, you know, who's in charge and what to do. And, and that's a problem. So what you should be doing is really working on your, your control and advocating for your Mm -hmm. family and advocating for her ultimately in the long run. Because what she's doing is she's, again, she's running around and she's trying to take advantage of, you know, as much as she can. And so, um, you know, if you don't step in and actually advocate for her, it's going to be really help. It's going to be really hard for her to be successful. And that's what's happening right now is she's, she's yeah. seeing, she's, she's seeing an opportunity to run over to be a jerk. But again, here's the thing is you're giving her too much freedom. This dog has way too much freedom. If she's off leash in your house right now running around, that's not good. Because again, she's she's like a velociraptor in Jurassic Park. She's too clever. She, you can't let her win these little battles because she's starting to build a case. And then what's going to happen is, is you know, it's going to be that dog that's on my YouTube channel at a year old that has a bite history and is nasty to everybody and can't control anything. And it's this whole thing. So right now you have this small window to regain control. So when she, yeah, so when she's chasing, you know, people like you have to step up and assert yourself and be like, no, we're not doing that. She's just, you know, it, she's like, uh, it's like Ferris Bueller's day off for her right now. She's just doing whatever yeah. she wants to do. You need to step in and say no, but also you need to limit her opportunities to make these bad decisions. Cause right now having a close to five month old, you know, kind of nervy mm-hmm. Malinois um, making bad decisions. Like she should be in a tight little bubble right now until she, until she starts to learn how to, you know, or keeping her on the leash when, when you and your husband are home just to teach her her manners and what's appropriate and what's not. Yeah. Yeah. We do have her on a leash like all the time, unless she's sleeping. Um, and that helps obviously. Cause then, you know, you can just grab her, um, and then we were working on the place and tethering her like during our mealtime was another thing that the trainer suggested. And she like threw a fit about that at first, but then she, I mean, she accepts it. I don't leave her there like forever, but you know, she understands that if she sits down and chills out that, you know, she can come off, go outside, 
or whatever. But for the most part, like I'm just spending all this time just being like right on top of her, you yep. know. Um, it's good. So it is kind of hard though. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's why the because... X pen I, I think will be really helpful. It's like you have a, yeah. you don't have to tether her. You just put her in the mm-hmm. X pen or, you know, whatever. I think the crate can create some, obviously some, a little bit more FOMO than in the X pen. Cause the X pen, they're yeah. still involved with like, they hear you guys. She hears you guys. She smells you guys. You guys can still go interact with her every now and then. But I would just say like, if she's not crated and you're not training with her, she should be in an X pen cause she's just got too much freedom. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'd be doing. But, but again, like remember getting back down to your, basic obedience and thresholds to make sure that she knows very well that you're in the driver's seat. And when you holler at her and you tell her to do something like you want that to mean something to her. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like right now she's, she's still a puppy. I mean, she's still, she's got some learning to do, but again, like you don't want to wait and I would be putting her down. And so switching gears a little bit, I would be doing, the basic obedience as much as you can throughout the day, like 10 minute, 10, 15 minute sessions, keeping you in control, Mm -hmm. testing her and testing her and testing her to a point where you could put her in a sit, stay, throw her favorite ball, put a treat down in front of her, kick it in front of her and she doesn't move. And then you release her. Like that's the type of obedience that you should have with her. And then, Mm -hmm. and then you're all of your other obedience. So your recall, your heel, your place, your sit, your stay, you take that started off in a really small, um, thing and then you just make it bigger with distractions and duration and distance and that just builds out um but the confidence is the other thing so i would um i would be bringing her out for exposure Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't be overdoing it so i'd be bringing her to I would be bringing her to places, but, um, as far as like, you know, friends and family and, and even strangers coming up to pet her and stuff, I would just tell people no. So right yeah. now she's, again, she's not a pet and pets don't like, or working dogs don't like, you know, they're not that dog that's like, Oh, I want everybody to pet me. Like they're just not. So, yeah. you know, and because of her nerves and her, maybe her socialization or lack thereof when she was a puppy, she's. She's uncomfortable with that. And a dog that gets basically approached by somebody that's holding their hand out uncomfortably is, you know, they're going to get the short end of the stick. So just make sure in the future, now and forever, <laughs> that, yeah, you know, if people, you I, I, listen, you can bring her out. You could bring the most aggressive dog in the world out if you have control. And that's yeah. part of what we've already talked about. But I would be bringing her out and also just understanding that you don't want to always have her under your thumb. You want her to do some sort of self-development and self-research, if you will. So when you're out with her and you're working with her, you can do your healing and your obedience patterns for five to 10 minutes and then put her on a long line and then give her a break and then let her sniff and let her be a dog and let her see new things and hear new things and taste new things. And you know, when you're training with her, you want it to be a nice balance of you know, hey, we're out here and we're working together and we're working for kibble and we're working for a ball. Okay, be a dog, explore. And that yeah. will help, that will help like the fastest confidence that you can do with her. Mm-hmm. But just okay. again, you know, strangers and, you know, obviously other people's kids and stuff, it's just a no-go. It's just not worth it. Yeah. There's no, there's no point. <clears throat> it's not going to help her at all. It's going to make her worse. So just... Tell people to ignore, yeah. you know, people are up. You just say, say her name, 
Just tell her to come, tell her to heal, guy heal, guy sit, stay. And you just walk through the process. You know, and if you have two other friendly dogs, it, it takes the pressure off. Yeah. Or it's like, yeah, they're, pretty, I mean, they're not good with strangers either. And I never let people pet them. Yeah. There you um, go. With people that we know, then they've always been fine. You know, mm-hmm. I don't work with them. But yeah, if people are, oh my God, they're so pretty. I want to pet them. And I'm like, no. Because sometimes they want it and sometimes they don't. And I, I can't always tell. So I just stopped that like a long time ago, you know? Yep. So that's nothing new. Um, but I do feel like when you have big dogs, uh, they always get blamed for everything too. So I'm always like overly cautious anyway. Sure. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. But yeah, they play- I mean, I was hoping too that they, that if she sees them doing stuff that she would realize that like, she's okay too. You know, because they are both like pretty confident, mm-hmm. um, stable. So I thought that that would like help her come out of her shell. But so far, it hasn't. I don't think it has really made much of a difference. You know. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it does, and then other times again, she's just so far back that it's you know, it's it's just she's just going to be nervy probably for her life. It's just how some of those dogs are. I mean, I've seen just a handful of them, and they're just they're nervy. Uh, yeah. And again, like, I don't know, I just, I, you know, I don't want to make you feel bad, but you know, if you're, if you're going out to get a Malinois, which is like a potential Lamborghini of a dog, like, you know, you're going to spend five, $6,000 for a puppy. I mean, at, at like a low end, like dog. And, you know, if you're going out and just like some people are like, yeah, I mean, this is like a shepherd, I think, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. turns out it's like a Malinois shepherd or whatever. It's like, okay. So, you know, I'm not going to say you get what you pay for because I've, I've the best dog I've ever had in my life. I adopted off of a PetSmart floor and she lived until she was 18 and she's the best dog I'll ever have. I'm not going to say that, but when you start to get into those working line dogs and they're poorly bred again, Mm. or just the unknown of like, I don't know what their, I don't know what their personality is supposed to be. You know, it just, it gets hairier that way. So anyway, yeah. Just, uh, you know, with that being, with that being said, just, just play it safe. But again, and then, and then lots of physical exercise is really big for her too. So it's something we haven't talked about. So if it were me, I would be doing a lot of prey drive stuff. I wouldn't be like, yeah, you can bring her for a run and hikes and stuff or walks, but that's not going to do as much as like, I would be putting a, put a ball on a rope, throw it out start teasing her around with it, ripping it around your yard and she'll start ripping for it. And that's how I would be playing with her and then chuck it, things like that. But you, you gotta have that healthy balance of we're going to train. That's what these dogs are is they're like an Olympic, an Olympic athlete. And you have to keep that endurance up. Like you have to keep that training up. Like it's like, okay, what is training? You know, training for, um, I don't know, a professional surfer is getting out in the water every day and tr- just practice and practice and practice and practice because that's at, that's at the peak that they're at, you know, and, and these dogs naturally get kind of molded into, Hey, I'm, I'm a professional athlete. Use me. And a lot, a lot of people do is they try to mold them into like the pet world and they're like, Hey, you know, you're another Husky. And they're like, no, I'm not. Yeah. You know, not that Huskies yeah. don't need their work in their own, but I'm just saying like, um, I wouldn't, I don't, I'm not trying to overwhelm you, but just some very big pillars here is that mental exercise of training throughout the day as often as you can, 
that physical mm-hmm. exercise of like, okay, because there, there's a big difference between mental and physical, but having that burn yeah. off of like fetch, tug, um, prey pull work, you know, things like that. And then that, um, that exposure for her is going to be important too. So going out and again, like not letting anybody come up and pet her, but putting her into an environment yeah. that she's like, oh, I'm afraid of this. Okay, no, I'm not. And you just want to keep copying, pasting, and replicating that. So that way she builds her confidence and she sees and hears and smells all these new things and she starts to develop confidence. Yeah. Yeah, she likes to play with the, um, like the flirt toys and stuff. Um, Perfect. And she's starting to like learn to bring the ball back. Uh, She was actually doing that today. So, I mean, that does seem to, and then I was, you know, like hiding um, things for her for sniffing mm-hmm. and that obviously she has to do all that stuff by herself because the other dogs, just, you know, steal things from her or whatnot. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I do that kind of stuff with her and then, you know, um, work with her like in front of our house because it's like a quiet area and, um, worked on, you know, keeping her attention if there was like a person walking or something like that. And the first couple of times we tried it, like we're pretty bad, you know, with her barking and pulling and stuff. But now she looks at me. Yeah, that's like good. Like if she sees, you know, sees something and she'll kind of like look at it and then she's like, okay, I'm not going to do that. You know? Yeah, that's good. Um, so it does seem like, and it did seem like in general she had calmed down. I would say like over the past two weeks with these little like outbursts she was having, or she just realized that like we're holding on to her all the time and stuff. So she kind of gave up. I don't know either way. It did. It did seem like she has settled down in that regard a little bit. Um, But of course I don't want to like speak too soon or whatever, but um, yeah, it's just, you know, I felt like, I was doing all these things that like people were telling me and I was like, okay, she doesn't even want to ride in my car and she's like wetting herself and she's so scared, you know, and I just, I didn't want to do too much, but then maybe I didn't do enough. And then the trainer's like, oh, well, you should have just gotten a lab. And I thought, well, I mean, I'm kind of doing my best. I don't really know. You know? Yeah. I didn't know. It I doesn't didn't help know. you. It doesn't help you with, yeah. you know, what you got. Yeah. Yeah. It was really stressful, you know, so, um, and I just, it's like, okay, well, I I don't know. I'm doing, I'm doing dog stuff, but it's like not working, you know? Yep. Well, yeah. Like I said, you just, you just have to, I think, I think right now you're probably just giving her too much freedom for failure. And, and I think that that's, that's, you know, probably the reason why she's failing so much is because, you know, she, she, we're giving her too much opportunity for failure. Like she's just, she's like, you know, going out and she, you know, just don't, if, it, if, if the opportunity isn't going to be there, then yeah. she can't make that mistake. But the more you're like, you know, it's like a, it's like a free for all. The more you're like, Hey, here's the whole house with two kids and two other dogs and, you know, a thousand square foot of yeah. do, do whatever you want. Like that's, you know, yeah, that's a problem. So I have another question, actually. So like the one person that she sees the most that she's not bothered by is my mom. And, you know, like she'll approach my mom 
to pet her and stuff like do i have to stop her from doing that like i mean my mom doesn't go out of her way to like pet her but she's like she likes to see her and she's happy to see her and sometimes i bring her to their house because they have a bigger yard um so is that like you know positive for her or is that like you know something that i shouldn't like do in what regard like your mom trying to like pet- she- oh no i mean like she goes to my mom like she likes her and um like sometimes i bring her over to their place so she can play in their yard you know she's not like afraid of her or anything so i'm just wondering if it's like still okay to do that or- yeah it sounds like it, it may be um and i don't know this but maybe your mom is your mom's place is a little calmer than what's going on at your place it probably yeah i mean they have a cat over there but she doesn't socialize with the dog so yeah yeah so i, I mean I, it's mellow for her that's what yeah, i mean is like she's like oh this lady provides me with a little less yeah. um yeah yeah that's what i would say um that's likely gonna be like the ticket um is is like the comfort and the calmness and the coolness of your mom in her house and the vibe that she provides is probably what she's grabbing onto. She's kind of like, you know, this is nice. So I, I, I would think yeah. that that's fine. Like if she goes over to your mom's place and she's like, she likes it, she enjoys it. She's cool, calm and collective. It would be a good breathing room for her to, you know, maybe go and yeah. explore for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, she's never, like, you know, not growling at my mom or whatever. Like, she seems to really like her um, as far as hell. So that's why I'm like, okay, if I can't even let my mom come over or go to my mom's, like, I don't know what I'll do, you know. But um, she does seem happy, and they have, like, a big yard that has got birds in it and stuff. So it's plenty for her to just, like, tire herself out poking around, you know. So that's one of the things that I'd been letting her do when we were trying to get her out of the house. Um even when she was smaller, you know? So, mm-hmm. so she is comfortable over there, but other than that, I don't really have many places that like I actually take her. And, um, at first, you know, I had thought of taking her to like a puppy class and then the trainer told me not to. So I didn't. Um, but you know, I had never had to do that with the other dogs. Like they just were, were kind of happy. And I don't know, we just didn't have to, we didn't have to push it so hard you know yeah so yeah they were just temperaments i guess were just better i don't know um but i never put my older dog into like a puppy class or anything but he's always gotten by pretty much fine you know Mm -hmm. so i asked the trainer oh do you recommend me taking her this puppy class and she said no because sometimes it makes them you know have more problems so Mm -hmm. i did not I didn't do anything like that. And of course now, like maybe I regret it. I don't know. Well, puppy. Yeah. I'll just say this. Like puppy class is good, but it's not like puppy classes should be you going in with your puppy to do obedience around Mm -hmm. other puppies. And that's it. Like there, there shouldn't be like, it's not a puppy playtime because puppy playtime. I mean, it could be good. It could be bad. But to me, what puppy classes should be, is for all of the puppies to show up at one place 
and to do obedience, like basic stuff like food luring and sits and downs and stays and like very basic stuff. Um, and you know, that's, that's it. And there shouldn't be like playing and, um, you know, running up to one another and, or anything like that, because it's, you know, it's, it's, it could be too overwhelming. Like your dog might pee herself and run around and be like, okay, this is terrible. You might get another dog that's like, oh, sweet, let's play. We're friends, but it's kind of a crapshoot. And unless you have 10 or 15 or eight of all of the same type of puppy and same type of personality, it's probably going to be more of a negative experience than it is going to be positive. So, so I would just, yeah, there's gotta, yeah, yeah, there's gotta be context. Like if somebody's like, Hey, you shouldn't do puppy classes. It's like, well, if it's a puppy class, that's actually structured nicely where all the dogs are coming in and not going nose to nose and just meeting one. Like what, what I would do in my puppy class, if I had one is I would say, okay, no nose to nose, no playing. All the dogs are going to be, you know, doing basic obedience and food luring for half an hour. And then if anybody wants to have their dogs play and their dog is very outgoing and their dog wants Mm -hmm. to play, then we can have a play session, you know, outside of that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, I would have been probably open to something like that. Um, because I do know that just from my dogs that I had, it didn't happen when they were puppies, but you know, having negative events with other dogs, even just once or twice, it really set them back. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And that, it's then you're doing the work to, you know, um, but that's how we found out about you actually was my husband, um, you know, retraining them for walking after they had gotten so stressed out, um, that I didn't feel that I could walk them and there's always loose dogs and this and that. So that's how he got them back. And now they're like, great, you know, mm-hmm. the, kids, the kids could even walk them if we wanted to, but I'm always like too paranoid for that, yep. you know, yeah, but but yeah, that's, it's a lot of work undoing it and it's easy for it to happen. So I understood what she was saying. I just thought, well, I don't know if, if I'm doing the right thing. And now of course the dog is all neurotic. And then the trainer's saying like, Oh, you didn't do this and you didn't do that. And I was like, well, I just, you know, I don't know what to do now. So <laughs> it didn't, it didn't help, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it's, it's easy. You know, some, some, I don't know. I don't know anything about this trainer or anything like that, but I would just say that, you know, some people are just not good at, at, at helping owners. There's really good dog trainers out there that are great at working with dogs and doing what they do. But unfortunately there's just some people who are, don't have enough patience and don't have enough skill sets to teach people and, that's all it is. It's not your fault. Some people are like, well, don't be stupid. Why'd you get this dog? Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, go get, you know, go get this. It's like, well, this is what I have. Like, we got to work with what we have and that's it. You know? I mean, yeah, she told me after like seven sessions, oh, you should have gotten a lab. And I thought, well, I mean, this dog is in my house, so I don't know what Mm -hmm. to tell you, Mm -hmm. you know, except I wasn't just going to turn around and like give up right away but then I was like well I don't know if this is even safe or like is she going to be like this forever and I just didn't really have any guidance at all yeah and uh I was just it is stressful because I'm like well you know if I have to do this and and I don't know where she is or she goes outside and it's like it's just the management is like really hard um 
for me. So that took a lot of adjustment, but I mean, I feel like cracking down on her did help or she did just like naturally kind of mellow out a little bit. I noticed a bunch of her teeth fell out and um, maybe that had been, had been bugging her because she was like biting a lot. And then now she's not, she's not really doing that, but she does it when she's like happy or excited. She'll like put her mouth on your hand and stuff. And we just tell her out. And she stops. It's not like it was, but there was a couple of weeks where it was like pretty um, intense, you know, her little puppy teeth and she just grab everything and um, the teeth are so sharp. Mm-hmm. And you know, my son was just like, I don't want to play with her. I don't like her. And I sure. mean, it didn't take much, you know, because he's little too. And, sure. and here she is with mouth full of sharp teeth and she's like pouncing on him and so that whole situation was like kind of regrettable, you know, but at first, I mean, I don't blame myself completely because the trainer's like, Oh, you know, it's, it's probably playful, but you can't let her do it. You know? And yeah. I said, well, I've just never seen any of the other dogs ever do this. No. So yeah. no Malinois yeah. puppies are a different breed. <sighs> They're not yeah. like any other dog you'll ever. They're, yeah. Well, just any working, like border, border Collies, Malinois, Healers, like any of those high-class working dogs, like, it's just, they're just a lot of dog. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, I'm a dog person, but even this is, like, much for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just didn't know what to do, mm-hmm. you know? But, yeah, Huskies, I mean, they're puppies, and they're annoying, and they get into stuff, but they really don't go through that biting. I don't think it's common for them. I've never had anyone say that theirs did that either and neither of mine ever did that to like any of the kids or even adults you know so I, I mean I trusted her the trainer like she's nice but I do feel like some of the issues I was telling her about like she just didn't really understand or or not realize that it was like more serious or something because I do feel like if it had been corrected like in a different way or corrected sooner that it wouldn't be it wouldn't have been so much. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. It just sounds like she didn't have a lot of empathy for what you were dealing with. So instead of trying to help you with what you had, she tried to talk you out of a decision you've already made, which is like... <laughs> it doesn't say much for her or me, but like at least I'm trying. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah, it happens. Um, so yeah, So anyway, so th- this, does, this, does everything make sense so far of what I'm telling you? I think... Yeah. Okay. It does. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I do think that it's like probably doable, but if for me personally, if the dog like didn't seem happy, I would feel, you know, like comfortable with her going to someone who is like more experienced or something like that. But we really didn't want to have to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it sucks. But I would not be opposed to it if it was better for her. You know, yep. because she has her whole life ahead of her too, and uh, so I'm just kind of—I was just kind of like in the middle of two things that were not that great, you know. Yeah. Like continuing with whatever's going on in my house, or like letting someone else try it was kind of like I felt like I was stuck in between those two things, basically. So, uh, which has never happened to me before. Like all the dogs that I've had, like I've had them till they die. Yep. You know, so it's not an easy, um, it's not an easy position to be in. No, it's not. And I would just say like, 
you know, food for thought moving forward mm-hmm. is also like if you've never had a working dog, like this will this will definitely, you know, change things for you and make things yeah. a little bit difficult. But it, it it's not you, it's the dog, right? And so you just have yeah. to make sure like, you know, yeah, yeah, you got a dog and, and maybe this dog is too much for you right now, but you're also maybe not doing like, you know, all the right things. So, you know, if you haven't started, if you haven't started to take the proper precautions to handle and manage the dog that you have, then of course you're going to fail a hundred percent. You know, you're always going to fail if that's the case. But, you know, now that you have some more information and, um, you know, some more of what to do, uh, or at least you have more information about how to move forward from here. Um, you know, things could be a lot better. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want her to be happy too. I don't want her to go around feeling all like nutty. I mean, yeah. I'm like, the yeah, other supposed to it just didn't seem right. You know? So I was just really like, just stuck. Um, and of course reading yep. about it on doesn't help. Um, it really doesn't help because mostly negative stuff. And then, yeah, it's like you said, everyone's like, okay, you should never have this dog. But then, I mean, once you have them, people should be willing to help you you know, mm-hmm. try, try to figure it out. So it's hard to be like judge. I mean, when I took her to my vet, he basically seemed like he hadn't even seen one. Like, I guess they're not very common here. Um, so it's, it's hard to find resources and there aren't like, you know, dog clubs here. It's just not very common mm-hmm. in the bit. Um, it's mostly pets. It's all pets. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of stuff isn't really available to us either without like driving hours. I mean, which is hard when you're having kids and stuff too, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's what the trainer said. Oh, find a club. And I said, I can't find one. I see trainers, but there isn't one of those like, you know, working obedience places that you can go. It's just not a thing here in yep. this part. Yeah. California. Yeah. You don't have a lot of support. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. It's hard to, um, it's hard. It's hard to do everything by yourself, especially with a challenging, it, you know, it just sounds like a, you're, you're doing what you can. And I think it's important for you to say, okay, yeah, we wanted a German Shepherd. Okay, yeah. now it's a Malinois with, you know, not so great genetics. So, and you have two kids and two other dogs. And so, yeah, you're, yeah, you're fighting an uphill battle for sure. But you have to, you know, really take into consideration how much of a challenge this is for anybody, including me. Yeah. And so, um, you know, just start, start off with your physical, your mental, your structure, your boundaries, you make sure that you're doing a lot of your impulse controls to make sure that you're in a driver's seat, keep your dogs, yeah. keep, keep, keep her, um, in a situation, in a boundary setted place where she can't just run free yeah. and do whatever she wants to do. Cause that's where she's going to get in the trouble. Um, and those are those those are all the things that you should be doing, you know, now. And and then, you know, in the future, um, again, like, you know, you have a lot of uh you have a lot of room to grow. She's still young, you still got time. So I'd keep working on it. Okay. Well thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to on YouTube with the biting dog, so <laughs> I don't want to be, I don't want to be on your channel traveling yeah. to New York with the dog. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have a good opportunity right now because you don't, you know, you got her, she's young enough and 
you got some room to grow, but just take it slow, write down your goals and, uh, you know, just start cracking away at it. Okay. And I would just get it, put a slip, do you have a slip leash on her? Is that what you're using? Um, yeah, we use it at times right now. She has a regular one on, but we did, it was part of the training and stuff. So we know, um, yeah, I mean, is it really okay to have it on them like all the time? Even in a no, you you only want to you only yeah. no you only want to use it when you're training. Okay. Yeah. 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 Just use it when you're training. I didn't feel like we could leave it on her all the time, so we haven't. You know. But, no, um, it it'll get caught in something and yeah. yanked out, and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, it was nice to chat with you and I wish you guys the best of luck moving forward. And, you know, worst case scenario is, or maybe best, is you work on this for the next couple, you know, maybe for the rest of the summer. If you still have questions, if you're still having problems, you can sign up for one of these again and we can talk through it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. It was nice to chat with you and good luck with everything. Okay. Thanks. All right. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye.